0: Thank you, Ethan, for leading us. Check out this quick video as we get started here tonight from the best movie that has ever, ever been recorded.
1: Mary, I know what I'm going to do tomorrow and the next day and next year and the year after that. I'm shaking the dust of this crummy little town off my feet, and I'm going to see the world. Italy, Greece, the Parthenon, the Colosseum. Then I'm coming back here and go to college and see what they know, and then I'm going to build things. I'm going to build airfields, I'm going to build skyscrapers a hundred stories high, I'm going to build bridges a mile long... What, you going to throw a rock? Hey, that's pretty good. What'd you wish, Mary? Buffalo gals, can't you come out tonight, can't you come out tonight, can't you come out tonight? Buffalo gals, can't you come out tonight? tonight? Dance by, by the light, light of, of the moon. moon. What'd you wish when you threw that rock? Oh, no. Come no. on, tell me. If I told you, it might not come through. What is it you want, Barry? What do you want? You, you want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it and pull it down. Hey, that's a pretty good idea. I'll give you the moon, Barry. I'll take it. Then what? Well, then you could swallow it and it all dissolve, see? and the moonbeams that shoot out of your fingers, and your toes, and the ends of your hair. Am I talking too much? Yes. Why don't you kiss her instead of talking to death? How's that? Why don't you kiss her instead of talking to death? Want me to kiss her, huh? Oh, you just wasted on the wrong people. Hey.
0: I show that video clip because you should never need someone else to tell you uh, to kiss someone. You should be ready to kiss them when they know. No, that is not why I show that clip. Number one, how many of you have seen that movie? Raise your hand. It's a Wonderful Life. Wow, I'm swung and a miss. But anyway, um, tonight we are starting the series Friend Zone. And uh, the reason we are talking about Friend Zone tonight, these bugs are going to drive me nuts. I'm going to need hope to get here like ASAP to knock these suckers out. But anyway... Um, We are talking about friend zone and what it means to be in the friend zone and a lot of you maybe you're here tonight because you are intrigued about this series or maybe it's your first time here maybe a friend invited you and for the next six or seven weeks we are going to be talking about relationships and I have told you guys in the past that each and every time I have done a series I would finish the series and I would have instant regrets because why because I felt like in the effort To help someone or to maybe provide some guidance, it would help a few people, but it wouldn't help a lot of people. It would maybe help those who had a Christian background, or maybe wouldn't help those who didn't have a Christian background, or maybe if you understood the Bible, if you didn't understand the Bible, I felt like I was maybe a little too specific and not enough broad, or not broad enough. So tonight, um, what we're gonna do is we're going to talk about Friend Zone and in the idea of how to find the one and what that means, and if you're looking for the one, or if you are the one, and how to be the one, and if you've been in the friend zone, it is the most awkward situation you have ever been put in in your life. Can I get an amen? Yeah, when you're in the friend zone, it just sucks every single way you can think about it. The first time I was put in the friend zone, uh, I was in seventh grade. Uh, I got with my buddies, and it was around the end of July, right into August. Football season was coming up. And we were headed to the St. Joe Festival. And some of you know what I'm talking about. And when we got there, there was a friend of mine who was there. And we had just started texting and all those types of things. Her name was Ashley. And I remember we were texting for, you know, probably like a week or so leading up. And you're not in school yet. So, like, at this point, I think or believe that she is the only girl that is texting me. Or that I'm the only guy that she's texting. Like, I feel like, you know, I'm kind of she's interested in me. I'm interested in her. Well, we had got there, and I remember we played, like, this truth or dare game. And I remember we, you know, and I was, like, giving all I had. I had some cash. I bought her, like, one of those elephant ear things. I'm like, you want some ice cream? Yeah, get a float. Like, I'm doing all this weird stuff to, like, make sure she knows I am interested in her. And um, at this point, I was, like, really feeling good about myself. And we played this truth or dare game with my buddy Tyler Chu, Bruce Hagerman. We went over, you know, to the thing. And, like, it was, hey, uh, Mike and Ashley, they're going to make out. And it was the first time I'd ever made out with someone. Some of you are like, "What's that like?" I was in seventh grade, and so got him. Uh, I had made out with my first girl, girl, or not girlfriend, but first individual girl, at in seventh grade. When we finished making out, I walked away, and I was like, "Bro, she she loves me, man. Like she really loves me." So I remember texting her, like going into school, like the first week we were playing. Uh, a, a football game and i was like hey do you want to wear my jersey to you know on friday like that's what the girls did and she was like no nah, i'm good and i was like but we made out like that we sealed the deal like you you made out with me like it was about 3 seconds you know you remember and she was like no no i'm good and she the next week she was wearing my, my buddy's jersey and i remember i was just fuming 7th grade i was cr- yeah girls feel bad i was crying it was it was heartbreak still to this day like you know recovering no but I remember what it did feel like when you are in the friend zone. And when you're in the friend zone, you don't know what to do. You don't know what to do. You don't know how to say things. It's really awkward. Do you text them? Do they text you? Do you lurk on their Instagram for six you know, hours and not try? Oh, God, if you like the post from three years ago, it will be over for you. And you're trying to not let them know that you're interested. And if you tell their friend and tell their friend and tell their friend, and it's really awkward and you're like, yeah, I feel all that, but I don't know what to do. You don't know what to do. I hope tonight is helpful for you. I hope it's helpful for you if you are looking for someone. If you're in a season where you just broke up with someone, next week we're going to be talking about some of you either need to break up with someone or why you're single and why you might be single for a long time, and then we'll have the sex talk, and then we'll kind of move from there. But tonight, what I want is to be super practical and super helpful. In the effort, in the effort, to be really honest with you, Every single person who is looking to get into a relationship, you have to understand this idea. You have no idea what you're doing. Give me a nod if you feel that. You have no idea what you're doing. Some of you guys are like, no, I got game, man. I, I mean, shoot. I mean, prom dates, that was cake. No. Like, you don't know what you're doing. And it's the same regard for me when I was going into dating. There's a lot of aspects of this to where it is when we look to, to the Bible there is not a clear um, white and black this is what the Bible says so this is what you must do so tonight I'm going to be giving a lot of principles or maybe some wisdom principles and some of you this is exactly how you're, you're going to respond you're going to be like yeah that's good for Mike but that's just his personality and that's stupid if you feel that way, that is completely fine. You have not hurt my feelings. That is actually rather hard to do. But if you feel that way, the only reason I need you to think about this is say, I disagree because of this scripture or this background or this experience, not because your mama said so and she said you're the best thing that ever happened to life. You following? So if there's some things that are principles, you have to decide what works and maybe what doesn't work. in the Bible, I mean, oh, my gosh, it does not does not talk about dating doesn't there's nowhere in there back then it was like you just traded some cattle you traded some horses some donkeys and that was it like you just you you were just assigned some of you wish that was the case today do you not you were like man if someone just just signed me up like I don't care speed dating match me, I don't care what it is like all these datings, I mean, I'll just marry someone. What's that show you, you married at first sight? Yeah, like you would sign up for that. Yeah, there's 30,000 people signed up because they don't want the pressure to make a decision that they don't feel equipped to make. So tonight, I am hopeful and I am prayerful, prayerful if that's a word, If that you benefit from tonight. It, that you benefit in some way from tonight. Because the first thing that I want to say, despite popular opinion, The first point is this, that there is somebody for everybody. Yeah. There is somebody for everybody. And some of you are like, that's it? Like, that's all we got? Because you have asked yourself the question, whether you are 18, you are 23, or you are 29, you have asked yourself the question, man, is there anybody out there that I can marry? Anybody? I mean, at this point, like I don't care. I'll skip a rock. Like, what do I got to do? You, you will. You want You you ask yourself the question: Is there somebody for me? And I will tell you for a lot of experienced conversations, there is somebody for everybody. In Proverbs thirty-one ten, and this is neutral, not just for guys, not just for girls, but it says an excellent wife who can find she is far more precious than jewels. When I say who can find you are in some sense, and Proverbs 31 was written to a man, and it gives descriptions of a woman and qualifications that are just out of this world, and really just giving these descriptions of someone who is pursuing, someone who is looking for, but that uh, phrase, who can find, if you are here tonight, my assumption is that you are in some way looking for a spouse, you are looking for a significant person, someone that you can connect with someone that you can marry and someone that you can you ever see my big fat Greek wedding get married make babies like you that's that's what you want like you you desire that and so before I jump in tonight I want to read Genesis 2 and I'm going to read it uh rather quickly and this is before the fall and this is what it says then the Lord God said it is not good that man should be alone I will make him a helper fit for him now out of the ground The Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he should call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all the livestock and the birds and the heavens and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed it up in the place with with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, "'This is at last, bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall be called one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed.'" There is not a guy I don't know and a girl I don't know that wants to get back to that. And that's just facts. There's, I mean, not a guy I know that wants to be naked with a woman, unashamed, with some grapes, on a beach, just really, I mean, that's the way God designed it. Some of you guys are like, who is this guy? What's he talking about? Um, to where that is the way that God designed it, to where that is what you want, where Adam looks and he goes, dog, cat, elephant. He goes, nope. Nope, and then he sees a woman, and he's like, that's mine. And every single guy, at least the ones that I'm talking to, that's what you want. And girls, you want a guy that says that to you. That is mine, and that is pursued. So as I use this tonight to jump into what we're talking about, I need you to know that, again, the principles in the Scriptures or in the Bible that I'm using are rather broad and not super specific, and that's for a purpose, and I hope you know that. But anyway, let's jump in tonight because I'm sweating more than we did in the FLC a couple months ago, for those of you who remember. Anyway, uh, the first point is this. God does not need you to be married. Um, Some of you have the belief that your life will be complete And you will be all holy and everything will be perfect once you get married. You get to have sex on your honeymoon and you get to have babies, girls, you get to quit working, guys, you make a bunch of money, you're with the hottest girl you've ever, you know, all these things. You think then you will be happy. You will no longer struggle with discontentment. You will no longer struggle with loneliness. And I'm here to tell you that it is great and marriage is a gift, but it is that God does not need you to be married. Marriage is not is great, but it is not in heaven. Some of you would remember Matthew 22 where they asked Jesus the question about marriage and if marriage is in heaven, and he says it is not in heaven. It is not something that is eternal. It is a gift that God has given to us. And marriage is not a requirement for a great life. It is Proverbs 18:22. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. A good thing and a great thing are two different things. You have to, but when you start thinking about marriage or dating someone, you have to get into your mind and know this and believe this, that when you get married or in the pursuit of marriage, some of you believe that that other person, that they will complete you, and they will bring everything into order in your life, and you'll never struggle with pornography again. You'll never struggle with sin again. You'll never struggle with lust again. And you're like, man, what relationship series are we in right now? That I'm trying to debunk or get into your mind that marriage is awesome, and I'm going to hopefully give you some tips. But when you get married, I spend a lot of time with married people who thought that marriage was going to do a lot of things for them, and it really just exposed them in ways they never could have imagined. And I'm, telling, I'm here to tell you that marriage is great, and it's a gift from God. It's awesome, but it's not going to fix all your problems. Your problems will just be Exposed. When you do get married, number two, and here's where we're going to start getting super, super specific. There are no absolutes. Uh, Matthew one, 19. I'm going to use Mary and Joseph as an illustration. And Mary and Joseph, her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. If you think of the story of Mary and Joseph, how they had Jesus and she was a virgin um, they really—Mary's life, if you could think about it, was everything that she did not want it to be until she had Joseph and had Jesus, and now everything kind of came to fruition. But there are no absolutes when it comes to the Bible, okay? So if I, would, if I were to say, Proverbs, things that you should really do this, and I'm going to say you should do this, and maybe A plus B equals C, the worst thing a Bible teacher can do or maybe your parents can do is this— hey, if you just be really content, God will bring you a spouse. If you would just really pursue the Lord, if you would just really pray about it, God will really just bring the person to you. There are no absolutes. There are no absolutes that God would provide someone for you, but he does as a gift. And God has plans for you, but he is not Cupid. Um. Some of us, the only time you really pray or the only time you really approach God is when you want him to bring you a significant other, right? Like your relationship with God kind of goes like this, and it has highs and lows, and you have the highs when the person sends you a DM on Instagram. They flirt with you. They made eye contact with you. Oh, my gosh, they talk to you, and you're kind of like, man, God is just really blessing me right now. I'm doing great. And then when you're in a drought or a season of silence of the significant other or from the person that you like, you're kind of like, man, God's just kind of disappointed me right now. Like, yeah, he's just kind of silent. I don't know where he's been. And we did the series when God talks to you or when God speaks to you. Every single application, the conversations I was having, people were like, man, God's just really been speaking to me about, about, about a spouse, about my girlfriend, because that's when you approach God is when you need him the most. Now, that is not wrong. I want to be very clear on this side. On the other side, you need to know that God is not Cupid up in heaven just shooting arrows down, kind of like, oh, Mike and Hope, that's the one. Shh. Like, he doesn't operate in that way. He does want you to get married. He does want you to find the one, and I'll talk about it here in a second. But God is not Cupid, and there are no absolutes. Number three, um, Tim Tebow got married. And I say this, yeah, he got married this past, like, quarantine. It was, like, to Miss Universe of 2017. And the reason I say this, like, some of you guys are like, what are you talking about? Girls, the expectations that you have sometimes are like impossible. Like, Jesus, he, he gone. Like, he ascended. It's it, Like, he's not out there anymore. And some of you, your expectations are so high. And girls, th- sometimes it's just like girls are always, like, turning guys down. And they're always, like, waiting really on, like, this guy, like, coming out of the, you know, the clouds, knight in shining armor. And he's like, and you think of Tim Tebow. You're like, yeah, he's just, like, really jacked. And he's tall. And he knows the Bible. He spoke at Passion. And, like, he plays football. And you're sometimes your expectations... Um, you need to be told that Tim Tebow, like, he got married. Like, that's a thing. And for guys on the set, you know, you're like, Tim Tebow, guys, sometimes your expectations for girls on the other side are just out of this world. And sometimes, some of them, for some of you, your expectations deride directly to your mom. Oh, my gosh. If I talk to a guy and be like, hey, man, what kind of girl are you looking for? And they'll start to describe and I'll be like, bro, are you talking about your mom or do you want like a like, what are you looking for? Like, I mean, your mom's like 50 years old. But I just want someone that like knows me and like knows what I like for lunch and like knows like when I'm struggling and she'll record the shows if I forget them. And I'm like, bro, do you do you want to stay home for the rest of your life or do you want to get married? Like, that's what you need to know. And I and, and I'm being funny and stuff. But in reality, you have to know in your mind, are your expectations that you have for the one actually? doable are they doable and do you hold yourself to those same expectations as as you hold them to someone else would you hold them to yourself and you and i just want to go to romans twelve fifteen. when it comes to expectations romans twelve fifteen it says rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep um when it comes to this and how i'll talk about that in a second but when it comes to expectations a lot of times your relationship with god will suffer when When your best friend gets asked on a date or goes on a date with someone that you were hoping that they would have asked you or vice versa, guys, the girl that you were pursuing is now your best friend is talking to her and your expectations really are blown up and it is impossible for you to be content and ready for what God has for you when you are bitter towards him. If you are bitter towards God and struggling because, man, you are looking for the one, man, you, you've you been doing your quiet time. You even threw a ten in the plate at church. You've been tithing. Oh, my gosh, you fasted. You skipped a breakfast. You slept, but you fasted. And you were really thinking about, God, would you bring this person to me? And your friend ain't that godly. And if you were honest, you're probably better looking than them. I know you think that. You're kind of like, I mean, she ain't that. She, what, what is she? How did she get in? And when that happens, let me tell you what happens. You have bitterness in your heart, and you are unable to rejoice with someone, and how could you be ready for what God has for you? I asked my wife, and I asked Kelly Luvis, who is new um, on our staff, and I said, hey, if you could give any advice, uh, it, I was telling them I was giving this talk, What would you?" they both said the same thing, which is kind of crazy. Um, they both said this, that the person that you think you are going to be with, you probably won't be with. So you have an expectation in your mind okay, here's the type of person I would like to marry or I would like to be with. This is who they are. This is what they do. Uh, you know, girls, I said it a couple, last time, they're six foot, six pack, what, six figures. They got the money. You know, all these things. You have expectations that they would be for you. And, guys, you're kind of like, this is what I want. This is what I need. A lot of times, God brings someone that you would least expect, someone that you would have not picked. And when I talked to both of them, I mean, my wife told me before I came, she's like, tell him to just relax and be ready. Like, I mean, I didn't think I was going to marry someone like you. I was like, what, me? <laughs> I was like, I thought I was like, she was like, I mean, just shocked me, really shocked me. And I was like. I was like, oh, sweet. Thanks, babe. Uh, I'll, I'll let them know. Because, and I was like, same for you. I was like, I thought I'd marry someone who played basketball. Like, I thought, I don't know. Like, in my head, it was like, they need to be athletic, like weird stuff. And she was like, I deadlifted 150 yesterday. So, I mean, you got what you wanted. I was like, anyway, uh, she actually told me, she's like, tell them I deadlift. No, I'm just, don't tell her that. Anyway, um, I put this out the top. You don't get to know the real person for a few months. And this is why I say this. When Hope and I started dating for the first three months, She could have, I mean, robbed a bank, stole, I mean, money from my mom, and I would have been like, yeah, it was their fault because I was, I was blind. I was blind in that, which is good. It should be that way. You should be infatuated with the other person to some regard. It says in 1 Peter 4, 9, love covers a multitude of what? Sin. And when love covers a multitude of sin, I'm talking all about expectation here because if you're looking for a relationship, you need to have the proper expectation of God whoever you would have for me. And sometimes our expectations are just weird. It's like you're like I want them to be good readers. I want them to like the shows I like. Just weird stuff that when you get married it like it don't matter. It's stuff that really does not matter when it comes down to marriage or who God who would got who God would have for you. And also if you're in a relationship and you are thinking if that person is the one, you have to know in your mind, You, I mean, you both will lie to each other until probably six months on average. And you're like, I don't lie. No, you lie. You just have never been yourself ever around them for six months until you fart around them. That is when you know it is now. Some girls are like, absolutely not. He better not. Anyway, I won't tell you what I did. Um, keep moving here. Number four, opportunity favors the prepared. Opportunity favors the prepared. And this is more of a broader biblical principle, and I could think about the story of Joseph primarily. But for those of you who would say you are looking for the one, you feel like you're in the friend zone, you feel stuck in relationships, and you want to know why God won't bless you. You really do, and it's a it's a consistent struggle for you. And a lot of you, you know friends who are older and maybe— uh, the people I'm around, maybe it's like they're not able to have kids and stuff like that, to where you want to know why does God why does God make some people wait longer and what you know what about this thing and what about this person? Here's what you need to know about yourself: God will always, if He's going to bless, He will bless the person who is prepared, and it is not an absolute. Okay, so it's kind of a, a trick principle where it's like this, that God's ultimate goal for you, I'll talk about this, this here in a minute, is not that you would just get married. That's not like his all-time goal, why he went to the cross, why he came. He's like, man, if they would all just get married, get to have good honeymoons, I'll return. <laughs> and some of you are like, I mean, yeah, I, I think about that. Like You you want that. And that is not God's primary purpose. His purpose, and I'll bring this up here in a second, but I want to stay here. If If you prepare yourself and you do Just become ready, God. Who would you have for me? Don't be shocked if God doesn't bring anyone your way or the person he has for you your way if you're not, number one, around the type of people that you would like to actually marry. Um, I remember before I trusted Christ, I was 17. I, I remember I'd always make this statement. Hey, I'll just quit drinking and partying and doing all this stuff once I get married. Well, what type of person who would I have married if I was in that environment? That's the type of person I would have married. And you have to ask yourself, am I prepared? And if you want to prepare yourself for marriage or prepare yourself for the one, the best relationships come from people who give. Every time. The best relationships come from people who give. And that is a very catchy phrase. It's very cliche. I got 19 verses about service right now. But in reality, when you walk down the aisle, for some of you, it'll be a lot like this. I'll stand here. Guy will be over here, you know, the bridesmaids, and you'll come down. And when you say, blah, 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 and will you take this man, and I'll look at you, and will you take this one, all these things, and you say, I do. You want to know what happens at that moment? Not much. You're like, huh? I mean, a lot happens in the sense of you become one flesh. It's a it's a big deal spiritually. But I'm saying this is if you are dating someone that you kind of think that they're going that you will change them, um, you will not. You will not. And if you're hoping that they'll change and maybe they'll and here's why I'm saying this they'll become super um, selfless once you get married. That has probably yet to happen. I would not bank my chips on that. If you would maybe anticipate that maybe they'll be in for girls. If you're saying, well, I want a hard worker, and maybe he'll work hard once he gets married. That usually won't happen. If you have standards in your mind for what you want, don't change your standards simply because you want to get married. That's really weird. And if you want to be in a good relationship, you seek to give. You seek to offer yourself. You seek to serve. And if they won't serve you now, shoot, man, I mean, they, they never will. So just know that in your head and in for yourself. That's how you prepare yourself. Number five, focus on you more than who. Proverbs four three says this: Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows the spring of springs of life. Romans 8.29, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined, why? To be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might bring the firstborn among many brothers. Uh, Colossians 3.9, do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices. When I say focus on you more than who, um, and here's where I think it can be like su- it, like super practical for you. Um, things that cause you to, comp- to compare other relationships and cause resentment and cause bitterness and cause an unhealthy personality from you, uh, you probably should just take a break. And what I mean is this, and I'm I'm not bashing Instagram at all. I, I love Instagram. Like, check out my stories. I'm on it. But what I have noticed is this. Sometimes you need to take a break from things if it causes unhealthy things to come out of you. If you are always comparing, and I mean, if people are getting engaged, I know how you girls are, like you're eating, I mean, gallons of ice cream. You're crying. You're throwing things at your phone. You're mad at them for getting engaged. Honestly, and this is something Kelly told me as well because I asked her if I could quote her. She's like, honestly, they just need to take a break from things that cause them uh, to be super unhealthy. Just really struggle. If your walk with the Lord is struggling because of other things that are happening, if you can cut it off, if you can take it out of your life, you might as well. You might as well. And when you focus on yourself rather than who you will be with, it is true. And I, I I don't I don't want to say it's true. It's most likely that that is when God can bring someone your way. If you're constantly thinking about it, you're constantly you know every conversation is like oh my gosh are they going to propose? Every text is is this the one? Every time you go out for coffee. And I understand this is my personality, but. To me, coffee and dates are not a huge deal to me. It's like, hey, your friends go get to know each other. And you guys are always like, it's a massive deal. It's huge. It's life, it's life altering. It is not, friend. I mean, if we go on a date, friend zone, it's over. It's like, we're a thing. And for me, I'm kind of like, hey, you should just get to know them. You should talk with them. You should be around them. And when I'm, what I'm saying, why I brought up Colossians 3.9 is sometimes in relationships when you, you just lie to yourself, more than anyone else has ever lied to you on your expectations on yourself and on the person that you are expecting to be with. You just constantly lie to yourself. Oh, that's not a big deal. Oh, that doesn't bother me. I don't care that she said that. You'll, you'll look past things and you'll really trade who you are in order to be with someone. You'll just kind of lose yourself in the way and, or during the time and you're just kind of like, yeah, it's not a big deal. And some of you right now, you're thinking, I remember when I did that one time. And how do you protect yourself from doing it again? Number six, let the opinions of some matter. Where there is no guidance, a people falls, but in the abundance of counselors, there is safety. I say the opinions of some because you shouldn't listen to everybody, but you should decide beforehand who you are going to listen to. One of the things that I have seen, if you're looking, you know, to be with someone and you're looking to decide who you're going to marry and things like that, you will maybe, once you start a relationship, a friend will say something to you. Hey, I think you're not yourself anymore. Hey, I think this happened. Or, hey, I think this happened. And you'll kind of just lose the friendship or you'll no longer be with them because you have changed who you are in order to be with someone. And it is no longer you focusing on yourself or on you personally, it's rather just the relationship and you don't like that person. You just like the idea of being with someone. Because you would rather be with someone than, oh my gosh, be single. Because single is like this big death sentence that's like God's got has God's punishment written all over. It and you're just like, uh uh-uh, uh. No way. If I'm twenty nine and single, I would rather die. So I will just get married to somebody. And you would never say that. But Colossians 3.9, I think a lot of people lie to themselves. You can do bad. I'll talk about, I'm not going to go there. Next week I'll talk about singleness. But don't, if if you are going to have people speak into your life, decide beforehand, hey, who are those people going to be and who am I going to listen to? And it should be the people that know you the best. It should be the people that know you the best. If I started dating Hope and there was my best friends telling me, hey, this isn't a good idea, Hey, I think you know this, and I think this is happening. And you had said this, and I saw you lie to her that one time, and you didn't say anything. And if they started giving warning signs, and I was like, "Hey, you guys are idiots. I don't like you anyway," um, that would be a, a huge red flag. If the person you are dating cannot be friends with the people that they were friends with before they started dating you, I, I would I would be very cautious of that. It's like, yeah, I'm just not friends with any friends with them anymore because they can't approve of me. Or I can't, or they won't approve of you because of the lifestyle you had before me. You should listen to the opinions of some, not everybody, but people that you have decided. And number seven, make your story your story. I think that the temptation can be, and and I was guilty of this as well. I would hear someone else's story, how they met someone, oh man uh my dad has like the craziest story like one that you would like find in a movie that was like bro and I remember always feeling like um I wanted that kind of story I'll tell you next week um I would want to have that kind of story or you guys are wild man I I mean I I'll leave it as a hook I don't even like this anymore (laughs) um you need to make your story. Ethan, get up! No, I'm just kidding. Uh, you need to make your story your story. If if you are looking for someone and you're pursuing someone, don't try and the comparison game will mess you up. It will eat you for dinner. It will spit you out. It will make you sad. You'll you'll hate your birthday. You'll hate Christmas. You're lonely. Valentine's Day. Oh my gosh! You just when you compare it really screws you up, and your relationship with God suffers, and you no longer, you can't love God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength, you you know, every time you go around people, you're kind of like, you're just bitter, make your story your story, if your story is, shoot, you got, you get married when you're 22, 23, that's great, if you wait, and you're kind of like, shoot, man, I kind of want to wait till I finish school, I want to be 27, shoot, that's, that's awesome, and some of you are like, man, thir- I mean, I'm not trying to be 35, like, I don't, I don't want that, but if it is your story, it's okay, It is not God's ultimate plan that you would get married. It's not why he came. It's not why he went to the cross. Marriage is a gift that he blesses with the majority of people. And some of them, some of them do it on their own. And you do not want to do marriage on your own. And pursuing someone on your own and you make it about yourself, and you're not really seeking to serve, and then you marry the person. Trust me, it is a longer road that way. You could be lonely now and when you get married. It is extremely sad to be sitting across the table talking with someone, and they've been married for seven months, and they start to open up to me and tell me, and he says, well, we kind of rushed it, and this is why. And yeah, I, you know, we kind of rushed this part of it, and this is what happened. And we kind of did this, and this is what took place. And, you know, here's where we are now. Do I believe that God has one person that you can marry? They're, they're just out there. Out of the six billion people in the universe, he's got one. Don't you mess it up. Like, you may have passed them at the gas station, and you didn't ask him, and so now you missed me. I don't know what to tell you. Like, it's over. No. God does not operate that way, but it is the person you are to marry when you stand there and say "I do, and when you say "I do now God has the one that you were to marry, and it says in song of solomon two seven not to stir or awaken love until it pleases and here's what I want to talk about when I mean and this has been like super super broad as I kind of finish this up, and I know I know it has. But this is kind of where I want to land with you guys. If you're in the friend zone and you don't want to be, you're kind of sick of it. If you're not, if you, I mean, shoot, some of you would be like, hey, I'd take a friend zone. I mean, I'd take a good friend zone would be healthy for me. Like you just, you want, you don't know what to do right now. And you're kind of just seeking after the Lord and you're trying to figure things out. And you feel like you're preparing and you're trying to look in the right places. I know that's probably a majority why you come to thrive. You want to meet someone. I know that. Um, I get a clap. Yeah, that's true, man. You guys are like, yeah, we want to like girls. I know, but here's what I want to say. God's timing is perfect timing, and if you rush it, if you rush it, I almost rushed it. And some of you know the story. You know the story about the toll. Uh, <laughs> I'm not retelling that story, but I almost rushed it. I really did. I told a, a, a girl that I was going to marry her. We had plans, and this is what we were going to do. And I, I mean, we were in pursuit of that. And then I had a massive check in my spirit. I mean, couldn't sleep. I had no peace from God. I mean, my dad was just kind of giving me, he wasn't telling me what to do, but he said, Mike, I believe this, this, and this, and really seeking out wisdom. And I mean, went through the worst breakup. I mean, drove 16 hours in the car. It was hell, man. And I had to go through all of that. And now I could say, I am thankful that I waited for God's timing. Couldn't imagine my life without my wife today. And for some of you you sit there and you say, "Man, I really do. You get I mean some of you you're you're so excited for marriage, you can't sleep sometimes." Yeah, you just I mean when you watch movies, you're tearing up, you're kind of you see married people, you're like, "Oh, man, that's what I want." That is a good thing. I would not pray that God takes that away. If you have that desire, God, this is what I want. Would you please prepare me to be the man or the woman that I need to be for that person. I read Proverbs 31, and every single time, God, would you make me the kind of man that this type of woman would want to be with, would want to be with? I have a super high bar or standard as a parent, brand new parent. My daughter's like seven months. I can't screw it up much. It's like, make sure she's fed, wipe her butt, make sure she sleeps, because she'll mess us up. My expectation on a par- as being a parent, our goal, like, Hope and I have talked about this, is, like, I just don't want to, like, I don't want my kids to need a lot of counseling from their childhood. You know what I mean? Like, I just want them to be, like, yeah, like, family was rough. It was good. I mean, if they go to one, two counseling sessions, I'd be like, yeah, you probably need it. Like, but I don't have, I mean, the bar is not, like, super high. I just want to be a good dad. I want to be good parents. Why? Because we have no idea what we're doing. We can ask other people. We can talk to other people. We can go to the Bible, and we can try our absolute best. But at the end of the day, guess what? We've never done it. We've just never done it before. And when it comes to dating and it comes to looking for the one and it comes to relationships, you've never done it before. You don't know how to do it, really. You kind of ask some people. You kind of watch some sermons, maybe. Michael Todd's out there. You've been burning his books up. You've been tearing stuff up. You're trying to figure out wisdom, what to do. At the end of the day, it says in 2 Chronicles twenty twelve, super obscure Old Testament passage about this uh, guy, Jehoshaphat, he's going into battle, which is kind of like a relationship. Uh, is it in there? 2 Chronicles twenty twelve. We know not what we do, but our eyes are on you. It's what he prays. In Hebrews 12, two, looking to Jesus. If you are in a relationship that you probably shouldn't be, if you want to be in a relationship, If you're looking for someone to be with, if you're looking for the one you want, you know, all these things, you have tons of desires and you feel like God's been silent. You feel like you don't know what to do. You feel like you just listened to 40 minutes of me talking and you're like, that didn't help a bit. The only advice I can really give and hopefully as helpful as this, you just need to admit, God, I have no idea what I'm doing. Every situation is a study case. Everything's different. Would you help me? And God, if you pray that prayer, God is not the type of God that plays hide and seek with you. He's not the type of God, not the type of God that just really wants you to learn the hard way and make it super hard for you. And if you're if you're praying that prayer, I believe the God, our God is the type of God that hears you and listens to you and responds. God, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to look to you. Let me pray. God, we thank you for being here tonight. Thank you for Ministering to us, I pray that you would help us um, individually really desire to honor you and seek to obey you, and especially when it comes to relationships. And uh, for some people, they feel stuck, they feel in a friend zone, they feel like they don't really know. And some people in here just they're dating, they're looking to be with someone, and they have tons of questions and concerns. I pray that. Maybe tonight something that was said that they don't remember everything, but they maybe remember one thing and it would spark a conversation. And for some people to actually say, hey, I probably should date with intentionality. I probably should really seek the Lord when I do this. And God, for the people here tonight who are doing that, who are striving to honor you and please you, I pray that you would give them peace. God, as they seek to honor you, it says in Colossians 3 that you give peace that rules and reigns in our hearts and God it does say that he who finds a wife finds a good thing and marriage is good it's a gift from you it's awesome it's spectacular it's it's the way in which you want us to connect with someone else and on a deeper level and all those things but God would marriage not be our God would a awesome boyfriend or girlfriend not be our God But would we look to Jesus, and would we find our contentment in you? We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you guys for being here tonight. I'm sorry about the heat and the bugs. Next week we will talk about singleness, and so hopefully we will see you then. Thank you guys. Have a good night.